0: good afternoon everyone it's maria daniels here with business acceleration playbook we where we are bringing you the plays you need to win in your business i have co-host angela buckley and i have chanel um, rose and then we have special guest kelly abanda and coach ray will be joining us shortly he's running a little bit behind today but we'll be excited to see him in a little bit um, Kelly, I want you to dive in and kind of tell everybody about who you are. And we've spoken in the past and anybody that's kind of watches some of my shows probably seen you before. But um, I wanted you to give the intro on who you are to the people that maybe have not seen or heard.
1: Yeah, well, I'm I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to dive into discussion too because this is a great group of people. Uh, my name is Kelly Abanda, and my brief story is that I, about four and a half years ago, was working in a senior level executive job, making great money, had amazing benefits. You know, building a life that I thought is what I wanted. And then I stopped and actually did inventory one day and I was like, you know, I'm building a life that I'm not excited about. I'm just doing what I think I'm supposed to do. So I started asking myself a new set of questions and what is it that I really wanted to do? And it wasn't what I was doing. So I had to really process through all that stuff. And what I came to the, the decision is that I was gonna leave that safety, leave that job so that I could fulfill one of my big dreams which was to do another really big trip around the world with not very much planned. So I I am by nature, not a structured person. So I did it, I left that job. I told them I wasn't gonna come back and I decided I was gonna travel for three months. So many magical things happened that that three months turned into over three years and over 23 countries, amazing experiences. And it shifted so much inside of me that when I came back, I was like, I wanna help other people get out of that rut of should and have to to start their own businesses or change their careers or do the things that they really want, but they've been too scared to do. And so now I coach other people um, that have what they, what seems to be successful on the outside, but they're just like, it's not what I really want. There's gotta be more. So I help them figure that out and get in the direction they really want to go. So that's me.
0: Which I've heard your story before, which I, Love it. but So I'm going to go ahead and kind of pass this to Angela and Chanel because um, I don't know if either of you have met Kelly. Have either of you met Kelly? No, Okay. So see? See? So they're going to have better questions probably than I would since I know a lot of the answers um, to a lot of these things. So I'm going to shift it over to them. (laughs) No pressure. Thanks, Maria. (laughs) You're welcome.
2: Um, So as the only person that currently holds a uh, corporate job in this panel, um, it's... It's definitely, to your point, a scary step to walk away from benefits and senior level positions. Even though I get to wear T-shirts to work sometimes, um, or take my lunch break to do blogs like this, um, you know how how did that impact not just your corporate life but also your family life or your personal life? Like, where, if that's not too much to ask, because that is something that frequently ties back for me, right? I I have a 13 year old and traveling, hiking, biking, anyone who's heard any of the things that I do, I'm definitely out and about, but we still have a youngster that needs to be in school on a regular basis. And so that is something that plays into some of my decision-making. Does does any of that play into you or how, or do you see that when you're talking to people with maybe even just timing, like planning it so that you're ready?
1: Yeah, there are so many and it's gonna, this is the thing is that it's different for every person. And what I find as I work with people is that sometimes people think they want a really big change, but as we work through it and they really get clear about their priorities, their values, their lifestyle that they really want, it might not be such a drastic shift. So every person is different, but you have to obviously consider the things for you. So for me, I'm single and I don't have children. So I didn't have to consider that factor. However, while I was traveling, I met people from all different backgrounds, with families, without families, with young kids, with grown kids. And so really the bottom line is if it's something you really want, you can make it possible. And what I heard a lot of the families say while I was traveling is that their decision around what to do with their child is they they, they valued the education that the child would get while traveling even greater than what they might get in a classroom. So they figured out ways to do homeschooling, distance learning. This was way before COVID, right? So right. right So now there's now I think there's maybe even a lot more openness to alternative ways of getting an education that aren't but in a seat in a classroom. Right. And so but, but you have to decide for you and anybody listening, your, those thoughts and those things that might hold you back, are totally real and we all get it. And it's such a huge step. So I don't wanna ever make it sound like, one day I woke up and I just decided I was quitting. And it was easy. Cause it's not like there's, mm-hmm. there were so many things I had to adjust to. And another layer of what you asked was around, like what was the impact like in not just my corporate life but my personal life. And what I didn't realize I was holding on to for so long was this expectation of myself of where I should be and what I thought everybody else expected of where I should be in my life as a 30 something year old woman, in reality, nobody actually cares, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody is losing their sleep over what I do with my life. I might be losing sleep, but they're not. So I had to like adjust to that too, right? Right. Is it your goal? Do you think that you want to get to the place of being able to leave that corporate job?
2: Well, yes. Don't say it too loud. But it's it's not that I don't like I honestly right now I really love the people that I'm working with and I'm really committed to kind of the mission that we're on. Um so not anytime soon, let's put it that way. But one of the goals I've always had would be to cycle across the country. So I I um I'm a cycle I do triathlons and and I love racing. I love being outdoors. And the other one would be to through hike the Appalachian Trail. I think I may not quite get to through hike Appalachian Trail because I have a couple things that would, that are just make it difficult. So I don't know that I'm committed to that one, but definitely doing the trail, even if it's half and half or something, for sure the trail and um, then I'm already halfway done with the 46 high peaks in the Adirondacks. So I definitely have goals. I've already lived in Europe. I've already worked in Mexico and Japan and Poland. And so I've done these, some of these things, but that doesn't mean that there's not more about the world to experience.
1: Yeah. Well, you make a great point too. Like I think often we think about travel and we automatically assume like overseas in another country, Mm -hmm. but there's so much to see. in the US. There's Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. much.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And that the Appalachian Trail, like, that's amazing. And I like I this, this is where my brain will go when I hear people's stories and what they love. I'm already like, Oh, my gosh, you could totally do like, blogging, you could create like a little like, around cycling across the country, the stories that you could weave in of all the people that you would meet, like, so many people would be all about that. You could like, I could even just see it being like, you know, it builds so that people and in new cities are waiting for you to get there, and they're excited, and, you know.
2: Yeah, 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 it's, no, there's, there's, there are a lot of people that are out there, they're hiking, they're doing different things, and I think I just read an article about three ladies that they just got the triple crown. Um, It's Appalachian Trail, Pacific Trail, and to be honest with you, I don't remember what the third one, but they quit their jobs, and they, the three of them, have been hiking together. They've been friends, obviously, for a long time because they just hiked together for three years. And yeah, they have vlogs and vlogs, and they're they are living their best life. Yeah, so there are definitely people out there inspiring that type of lifestyle and making it work for them.
3: So um, I have a anecdote, but kind of like a question. So yesterday I was on Instagram. And I got this ad for a guy, I have no idea what he was offering, but I re- the thing I remember him saying was that like, you know, the reason why he quit his job was because he figured you start working, you work 50 years, the average life expectancy is like 78, <coughs> but realistically you get like 11 years or 12 years of financial freedom, right? And so what he said was that he didn't want to keep exchanging his money for time, but also he wanted financial freedom. And so his decision to quit corporate America was his sense of urgency and his necessity to have financial freedom. So while everybody else feels like you get financial security in corporate America, he just felt like his lifestyle was always capped based on something he couldn't control. Right. And so it stunned me because I was like, oh, my God, like I never thought about like retirement equals financial freedom. Right. I'm like working feverishly so that when I retire, I don't have to live too lean it never occurred to me like that is exactly what you're doing you're saving so that when you finally stop working you could do whatever you want to do right Mm -hmm. right so i've joked that i didn't leave corporate america i retired right and so it's like a full circle life moment for me when i talk to people like you who have traveled and like done all these things but i have been called like the money honey okay because i always want to talk about money it's my favorite topic always so I want to ask you I guess two things. The first thing I would ask you is so you quit corporate America right and it sounds like this wasn't just like a you said you didn't wake up and quit So my first question is how did you finance that first six months um, of separation from corporate America?
1: yeah so that that's such a great question and so for me there's there's a two-part answer to that so the first is I had also been saving to buy a house and I'm based in Los Angeles so that's a big thing right oh, yeah. so I was saving all this money for a down payment but that's one of the things where I realized I started thinking not just about the goal but what would life look like after that goal so get getting the house is one thing but then having to maintain that house and pay all the bills and I was like oof I don't think I want that life by myself as a single person because all my, the rest of my life is going to be weighted against, I have to pay for the house. So I didn't want that life. Right. So I used some of the money that I had um, set aside for buying a house. So I had a little bit of a nest egg and then obviously I cashed in any unused vacation days and that sort of thing. So that all helped. And then the other thing that really, that made my budget last way longer than it should have by years (laughs) is that all these really magical things happen after I took that leap. So, um, I, you know, living in different countries, I spent five months in, or six months in Fiji. Four of those months I spent living on a remote Island with a local village, like, you know, limited electricity, outdoor plumbing, but the cost of that life is so much less. Like I, I spent less in three years than I would have spent in six months, probably living in LA. So money can go a lot further than you expect it to go. Part of that's just because of the cost of living, but also it's this thing that I hold on to. And some people are like, "Oh, that's too woo woo for me." But I really believe that like the universe has your back. It is going to find ways to provide for you that may look different than you thought it was going to look. So it wasn't money in my bank account, but it was allowing an experience that costs very little money to happen.
3: So how long before you you? Um decided to separate from corporate America did you decide to seek out an income because it sounds like during that period of time you had money you weren't too much concerned about regenerating income uh regenerating not regenerating generating income how long into that experience before you decided to monetize your experience or like how what did you come into like what was the first thing you did to make money
1: So um, I well, this is another part of like doing something using my skills to not maybe not monetarily, but while I was traveling. So my background is in training and development. So I reached out to um, nonprofits as I was traveling and I did a lot of like pro bono work in exchange for room and board. So that was one way that I was monetizing, not for finances, but monetizing to extend my trip and use my skills. So that's where it started. And I did that right away in my trip and did that in multiple countries. Um, and then as far as like starting my coaching business, I started that about two years in. Um, and I thought at that point I was going to come back and stop traveling. But then I was I got back and I was like, nope, I'm not done yet. I'm going again. So then I was coaching while I was traveling as well. So that last year I was doing some coaching. It wasn't big scale or anything, but it was starting, you know, just starting to market and tell people I was doing this in that in that second to third year.
3: So um, I have another question because you talked about coaching and I think everyone here in one way or another is a coach, a trainer, facilitator of some sort. Um, So can you describe to me, to the audience, to everybody, um, what coaching with you looks like? And I guess I'll I'll, I'll also ask because I always want to know this. Why coaching? Why not courses? Why not a concierge? Why not have like a travel agency if those still exist? Um, Mm -hmm. Like why not that route? So yeah.
1: Yeah. So I, that's a great, these are great questions. I love them. Um, So I have always had that the skill of coaching without being a coach. And I've actually wanted to do coaching for a really long time. I was always very scared to do it because I was like, Ooh, I don't know. Do I know enough? Am I going to find clients? You know, all those fears that we have about starting that business. And so if I go backwards in my life, I, there was a point in time where I was like, okay, I'm progressing in my career. What do I really want to do? I knew that I wanted to coach. I even investigated all these coaching programs and like did all this research and was comparing them, but I wouldn't pull the trigger because I was too scared. I had too much fear inside. And then instead I went back and got my graduate degree because that was easy Hmm. in comparison, right? Hi. Hi.
2: (laughs) Did you do that? Did you do that too? I have so many degrees. It's ridiculous. <laughs> don't even ask. Yes. Well, I don't know, Angela, I would love to hear from you too.
1: If this, if this is you, what I find in retrospect, when I look back, I call these now substitute goals because the, it was a good goal. It was progressing me somehow, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the thing I really wanted. It wasn't the thing that was like more scary for me. It was the safer version of something. And so that is, that's, that, so I've always known. Did you find? Do you find that for you at all, Angela? Or are you just it's really also, like
2: school? I, also, I do kind of like school, but it's also easier to make that decision when someone else is paying for those degrees, right? Like mm. I, I never did poorly. It's not like that, and I turned out I did good, productive work. I mean, but yeah, um, if I could figure out. So you can see my shirt. Even I didn't even know we were going to be talking to you today, but um, if I could figure out how to take my leadership series and put that into retreat format and the hiking and the outdoors like uh, you see a lot of the analogies for the people I'm trying to reach be that outdoor that nature like we learn, where there's so much to learn from nature Um, but yes uh, definitely a little bit fearful to take that step again child you know there's there's definitely moving pieces going on in my life right now finishing my dissertation and I'm so far like must finish just to be done, right? Like to yeah. not be done at this point is silly, but yeah. you're close. what's after, what's after that is the next, yeah. the planning. And I have investigated every coaching program out there Yes. and I have not pulled the trigger. So yeah, because um, those are, those are tried. safe. Yeah,
1: no, I'm, I'm totally with you. And those are safe spaces, right? Because mm-hmm looking at something and dreaming about doing something are still safe. They're exciting, but they're still safe in order to actually get towards that. We got to go through the whole process, which makes us super uncomfortable. So I'm also certified in change management and the whole basis of that. Right. Is we hate we want to be comfortable and in control. I Human nature teach
2: that, right? So.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. this is listen. Here's another thing. I hope we all can agree on this. Just because we're coaches, just because we help other people, doesn't mean doesn't mean we get it right all the time, right? No, we no. still need reminders, and we've got to be coached. So,
2: yeah. Sometimes so I th- go through my own reading, and I'm yes. like, oh, you know, that was really profound. I should listen to my own words. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm actually smarter than I was giving my like, yeah. if I good. would just apply what I wrote. On my own, I would be much better off right now.
1: So,
3: yeah. Yes. I hear you. And I've experienced that too, right? So my clients are different. And I guess we didn't really fully introduce ourselves. So um, by, I, I do a lot of different things. But by trade, what brings me the most joy, where my business is cemented now, is I call myself a course and e-book guru. So all I do all day long is talk to mostly women about how to automate different processes in their business. Because... Oftentimes, if you've been a practitioner for at least a couple of years, that's something that you're talking about or teaching that can be spread out onto a training where you can make more money and or a course where you can make money and not have to be present, right? And so we dig in deep and we really just take it from being a cheesecake factory listing of the things you offer because that's usually what happens when you first quit your job, you'll do anything, right? And we turn it into a nice little petite dessert menu style of offerings that will just make you more money and co- you do less work. Um, and so for me, because you were talking about like why you became a coach, um, how I ended up doing courses is because I don't like to work all day. And, and, and there are people who do. right. Like I'm not a workhorse. I've never been a workhorse. I'll do the work to get to the point where I can work less. That's about the only time I want to work hard. Outside of that, it's just not my thing. It's not that I don't work every day. I just don't like the the nine to five mentality. And so for me, when I separated from my job, it took me almost a year to stop beating myself up about the fact that I didn't work five days a week, right? I can remember, and I don't know if you experienced this, I can remember leaving, like working nine to five every day. I had a system, right? And then if I took time off, like for no reason, I was just tired, right? That following week, I was working from nine to nine. And like, I would even work that next weekend because my brain, right, just wouldn't allow me to think that it was okay to like work less and get more. Right? Um, and so like, did you ever experience that? Cause I know like we talk a lot about, you, want, you don't wanna lose the money and all of the other things, but like, there's a lot of like mental and emotional things that happen that I feel like we don't talk about enough. And like, for me, it was how to go from being an employee to a business owner, right? Like it took me, you, you, but you, you said you took about two years before you really got serious about monetizing your experience, right? Did you ever experience like guilt about not working or like guilt about not having an income? Cause that happened to me for a long time.
1: It still happens. Okay. I will still have to fight it even just yesterday. So I had like, I had written out the things that I wanted to accomplish yesterday and I got them all done way faster than I expected but that old brain wanted to kick in and be like, yeah, but there's still hours left in the day. Mm-hmm. What, what are you doing? Right. So I still have to fight that. And it's the voice is less than it once was, but absolutely because we've been conditioned since childhood that right. this was it. Cause school's the same way. Like you go, you have the schedule, you do the things you like you, and we reward working really hard and working a lot, you know, think about when you just ask somebody, how are you doing? And they'll be like, mm, I'm really tired, but I'm okay. I've been working a lot, but I'm okay. Like, it's like a, almost like a source of pride. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to shift that, you know, we've got to really be intentional. So I feel it all the time.
3: Do you too, like, I know Maria, you also um, don't have a corporate job. Do you ever, well, I don't know. You also have seven children, a husband, several businesses, <laughs> it's kind so of like corporate. The Best person because it seems like you definitely put your foot on the gas.
0: Yeah. When you were saying you don't like to work, I'm, I struggle because I love it. like I but but, but there's a breaking point, you know, I I and I get myself to that far too often. So I know where my sweet spot is. I love to be busy, but there's a limit. too busy and I'm not happy. Not busy enough and I'm not happy. And there's a sweet spot that when I get there, and if I can keep myself accountable, that I just stay there, and I'm not like, oh, look at this over here. This seems like that would be fun. <laughs> you know, right. I, I have to audit my entire life all the time um, because I know this about myself. I am very much that person. I'm like, oh, that sounds fun. Let's try that. But I have a rule that I only have so many working projects at a time. So I think what you were saying, Chanel. I think people have different personalities, and I think that's great. That's what makes the world go round. But there's pluses and minuses, obviously both. So it's kind of really tapping into kind of the superpower within your personality and knowing your limitations on the things that maybe you're not so great at naturally and for me it's you know not realizing kind of my limitations because I do really love my free time too and I think that's where I end up feeling imbalanced sometimes I want my free time I crave that free time but then I like over schedule myself to where I don't have it I'm like screaming and you know so yeah
3: so I have another question because we're talking about time. And so I um I've done a lot of research in terms of like helping people separate from their jobs, even before like I decided it was something I wanted to do. Um and one of the things that people complain about all the time is they want to buy their time back, right? So they want to become an entrepreneur, so they have control over their time. But I have clients all the time. The failure is not in the technical acumen, it's not in the genius, it's literally in. They don't manage their time well. Right. Because you go from a very structured, I have to be working nine o'clock and I have to clock out at a certain time. I have to make my train in a certain time. I have to cook dinner at a certain time. Right. How do you manage? Like how do you do time management stuff? Like I know you have a change management certification, so you're probably like the most expert in this. How do you tell people, even like your clients or yourself, what do you do? How do you manage your time?
1: So, I mean, it's a great question. And I think going back to like what Maria said and what you were alluding to too, I don't think there's one formula because you, if you really want to be successful, you have to incorporate what works for you. Right. So like I have a friend who loves structure and I have a client who love structure and they want things to be really, that's where they feel secure and ready and they want to go. So they've got to schedule their time and manage their time in a way that fits with that personality. I on the other hand am super unstructured. I don't like routine, so I don't want to have every day look the same. So I have to incorporate that, that into how I schedule my time. So again going at we learn that everything should be one formula, right? Like class is one way, this is what success is. Success is getting good grades and going to college and what well who said that's the only definition of success? Why do we choose that? People have a lot to contribute that maybe that's not their strong suit, but are we going to say they can't be successful? No. Incorporate whatever it works for you. So the, and another way to think about that is like, where do you find resistance? So like Maria, you were talking about like the squirrel, I call it our BS, our brain squirrels. like, (laughs) right? Like where, where is it, where do you find resistance? So for you, you know, my issue is that I get too distracted. Okay. So how do I, how do I fix that? That works for me. Somebody else might be like, I don't know what to prioritize. Okay, so then let's figure out how do you decide what to prioritize. So, like anything, I think it's you've got to look at what works for you.
0: Absolutely. I think it's great. Angela, what about you? I know you're smirking a lot. So, I figured you had something. I'm not to say. smirking. Oh, smiling. I don't know, smirking and smiling. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a smirk. Um,
2: What works for me? So, I'm definitely a more structured person. But then I bulk at having too much structure. So I think that there has, for me, there definitely has to be a balance. As you know, I have this crazy, like, hey, engineering over here. And then, oh, but I'm doing music performance and wearing crazy outfits and whatever else. So um, I struggle sometimes when I go to some of these classes, because they definitely want to put you in the right box or the left box. And I did one of those whole brain tests. And The lady was like, this is the first time ever that someone scored 100% neutral. She's like, in 20 years, you have somebody that are are like whole brain with this influence or whole brain with that one. She's like, I was right smack down the middle. Um, So once again, I like to defy all those, you know, not a person. Thanks a lot.
0: This is not helpful at all. It's (laughs) not helpful at all. Like, inconclusive (laughs) is super (laughs) difficult,
1: right? But- But uh, but here's the thing, like, I, I mean, I, I know it's difficult because we like our society wants us to fit into boxes. Yeah, box. Right. Mm-hmm. But also like, there's such beauty in that. And I think, you know, Now going back to your question about like why coaching, one of the things that I think is my superpower is like asking good questions that get to the heart of something. And part of that is recognizing that every person already has answers in them. Right, So we're looking to external things to tell us like, oh, if I use this kind of system, I, I'm going to be successful. But if it doesn't work for us, then we feel like we've failed. Instead of being like, it just that just doesn't work for me and I can just yeah. put it aside. Like if I try on a shirt and I don't like it, it's not like and there's not something wrong with me. I just don't like this shirt.
2: Well the shirt doesn't you, work for you. Like the shirt yes. the shirt's problem, not your problem. Exactly.
1: It's not, but that's not how we're conditioned, right? So I right. think it's awesome that you are in this space. And probably when you like you probably have the answers, you just need to like you just need some help getting it out. And then you're probably going to create some system that all the people who feel totally divided are like, Oh my gosh, yes, I've been waiting
3: so, for somebody yeah. to
2: speak my language. Right. Yep. I'm I'm definitely the translator. like the bridge, right? So, yeah, Yeah. um, but it's it's okay. Like the thing that's nice about it is that I can fit in either world for a while. And so if I go somewhere, I feel comfortable. You want to go to manufacturing? Sure. You want to go into the arts? Sure. The challenge is that I don't feel comfortable a hundred percent of the time or for long periods of time. So finding that balance where it works back and forth. I'm trying to encourage my son to go into technical theater, right? Like engineering, super tech, but also the music. Cause it's <laughs> got that same, same skill set. I see him divided that way as well. So or I, unified. Honestly, we're not divided. The problem is that we're unified,
3: right? Yeah. And you can do anything. I think a lot of times with my clients, they're all, similar to you. They've been successful at anything they try, right? And so it puts you in this elite class of, learner where you can just kind of learn anything and adapt and do well, right? Most people, like you said, they're either right brain or left brain, or they're really good at this type of thing. And then like their brain doesn't wander, right? I'm a perpetual daydreamer. Like I will daydream about anything all the time, right? And I've also been really, really good at anything that I try. So the challenge is always for me, I love a good honeymoon, right? And so my clients oftentimes are either one extreme or the other. They love honeymoons, or they just want to stay in the marriage no matter what happens, right? But I am, a, I'm a perpetual honey chaser. And so when I talk to them about like, you know, finding your comfort and similarly, like when my clients are like you, it's like, it's okay to be a bunch of different things and teaching them that, you know, you're a lot of things every day. You might be a sister, a business owner, um, a, a dog walker, whatever, right? Like if you write down all the titles you hold every day, you probably exhaust yourself. Dishwasher, launderer, whatever, right? <laughs> you probably 30 different things on a day, on a slow day, right? And so I'm like, you don't feel devalued if you wash the dishes and you also are a C-suite executive, right? Like, dishes need to be washed. So, like, then why can't you also be an artist and an engineer? Like, you know, or whatever it is that you seek, um, one of the things I like to do is, like, pick their brains apart and just teach them that, you can be whatever you want to be. Like there's no no law that says you cannot be a medical doctor and also an art teacher. Where? Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing, it's not unethical, it's not immoral. Like as long as you're not hurting people, you can be all of those things. I do a lot of nonprofit work with fundraising, but I also teach people how to create courses, right? And I guess traditionally the two don't work together, but they do. And whenever people question me, I'm always like, don't I get it done? (laughs) <laughs> like, you know, so for anybody who was out there listening to us, because I am also on my Instagram live and people are talking to us, because um, they want to know, I was like, oh, I know somebody who like, she quit her job and she traveled the world, right? And that's the sexiest thing you can do, okay? Like everybody wants to quit their job and travel the world, um, but they're afraid that you can't do both things. But the reality is that like, you don't quit life. You don't stop earning because you don't have a job. I am no more aware now about how much money I make. Than I am because I have to make it myself,
1: right? That's so true,
3: and I'm better at it. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, and I I don't know Chanel if this has been your experience, but I also realize I need far less than I thought I did. Oh, no. like when I was making that salary, <laughs> I was like, oh, I need this, and I'm like, I mean, I welcome all the money. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not telling any money not to come, yeah. but. <clears throat> one of the things that I did in this process was also go through my physical belongings, because, you know, I wasn't going to keep a house for three years that I wasn't going to be living in. So I had to downsize my stuff. And that was a whole other process of learning how to purge and let go and create space. And it I realized now I need so much less to actually be happy, because now I know what makes me happy. And it's not money helps me. But what makes me happy is freedom. What makes me happy is relationship. What makes me happy is helping people. What makes me happy is adventure. Yeah. That's what makes me happy. So if I'm building my life around that, money takes a back seat in a good way.
2: Right?
3: That wasn't my experience at
2: all. Ooh,
3: no. <laughs> no? I was waiting for that.
2: <laughs> I wish,
3: listen, I really I,
2: She's the, she the money, honey.
3: I love yeah. people like you. I, oh God, like you are so good for the spirit. Like, and I need to have these conversations often. That is not the case for me at all. Let me tell you. She lays in
0: bathtubs of money like this.
3: Yes, yes. Listen, I love it. you know who Daffy Duck is? Was it Daffy Duck?
0: No, Daffy. it was Scrooge McDuck. That's you. No, <laughs> no
3: I am with my money. <laughs> yo, what's the duck that used to swim through the pool? That's Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, he I would drive. It.
0: No, yeah. definitely, definitely. no, it's Listen, You have
3: the children, and we're going to go with you. That's fine. That's That's not, I'm not right. this either. Okay, it's screws, yeah. right? As a kid, they used to like, so I, I vividly remember the three little ducks at the start of the cartoon, and they would like jump into gold coins, going yep. through them, right? And I love that. That was my favorite cartoon. <laughs> and I remember getting this uh, VHS tape so I could record that. And I used to watch that over and over. And it would just excite me. I was like, wow, I can't wait till I'm a duck and I can do this. I was OK. So he was a <laughs> duck. But it just got me very clear about the fact that I like I like nice things, right? So I am someone who, when I go on vacation, I want to spend a $1,000 on dinner. And I want it to not impact my life, right? And so I have been able to afford those things in my corporate life. And so I spend differently. I will say that. So I don't need that many clothes. So I don't spend that much money on clothes like I used to. But I have found that I really truly value things differently. I will say that. So I still want to go to nice dinners, okay? I still like nice things. I still like nice experiences often. But I can say that, I enjoy them more because I earn my money for them. I'm proud of it. You know, I, it feels like an investment in myself. And I think before it was part showmanship and part stress. Right. So I get paid. I'm like, Oh, this job sucks. Swipe. Right? <laughs> 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 right, right. And so it, I don't even know if it felt good. It just felt very necessary. Right. And so now I, the, the things that I experience and that I enjoy, I appreciate that I can invest in myself in a way that feels good to me. Um, and how I, like I said, how I spend money is different. Um, I know that my income is different. It's not what it used to be. And so I don't spend nearly as much money. So in that way, yes, I know I need less, but I always have like to be very honest. If you're gonna quit your job and support your business, you need more money, right? So in the beginning, how I had more money was I cut my expenses. But now, like the money, you know, the business is doing better. I'm more out there. I'm able to articulate my value better. Um, I still like nice things. And I'm I'm waiting on the day when, like, I don't walk past North and be like, I really, you know, that was was really cute with that shirt, shirt, you know. (laughs) Um, It has not clicked. But, again, I was the kid who loved. What was it? Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck, you know? And I'm never gonna stop. I'm still that girl. Look at how excited yeah. I am. I'm a whole adult. That,
1: but that's, but that's a, just like you were saying to Angela about like, she can be both these things. Like that's the, that is a thing. Like you have discovered even more of who you really are. You don't have to be me. I don't have to be you. We just have to understand what makes us work. And so you like nice things. You like nice sinners that's amazing. And you get to enjoy that because you're setting up your life accordingly. It's amazing. I love it. And I love that we're not all wired the same way.
3: No, but I need people like you in my life though, because I
1: know, need you in my life too. So maybe this is meant yeah. to be a ground. Yeah. What ground. I,
3: do, I, I, okay. So I, Somebody's probably my friend. Was just like that. Really is you, I <laughs> <to live. laughs> but but I did like I've been to Marrakesh, right? And so I love London. London is like I, I want to live there. I love it. I love everything about it. But my favorite place I've ever been to in my life is Marrakesh. And so, I mean, Morocco is a beautiful country. But the thing I like about Morocco, and this is kind of what shifted my perspective, is Morocco is beautiful. Period. Right? Like it's not. I, it's it's like natural opulence, right? So you have the beautiful mountains, you have this endless amount of desert, you know, you have like these, everything's live and the in sea. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's full of, and like the life is full of texture. And I feel like sometimes in America, things are just flat, right? Like our buildings are all gray and brown and white and, you know, just flat, right? You go someplace like Morocco, you can like, literally the buildings have texture. Right. And so just they live in a 3D life all the time. And it's not expensive to go to Marrakesh. I don't know if you guys have been, it's not expensive, but I cannot it more. Right. But it's probably of all the trips I've ever been to, just like actual being there, probably the cheapest vacation I've ever been on. Right. Yeah, and, and
1: Marrakesh, Marrakesh is probably the one of the more expensive places besides the capital in in Morocco.
3: Look well, at me! I'm still me, huh? Still checking in.
1: See, listen, you're like, <laughs> I still got it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: No, but I I completely agree with you. Morocco is one of the places. So, like I said, I'm unstructured, right? So here's a perfect example. I was in Spain, met up with a friend in Spain, and then I had I I was going to make my next move, and I was going to go somewhere else in Spain. But there's this feature on Skyscanner. If you guys have ever used Skyscanner, oh, you yes, can do. Yes. Is it? It's the best. So, like, I was in um, uh, Barcelona. So I put Barcelona as the the beginning point, and then you can check to anywhere. Right. So I just did that with my, my dates, like a couple of days away. And I was like, I'm just going to go where the cheapest thing is. And Morocco came up and it was like cheaper than flying to another city in Spain. So I'm like, okay, let me try it. I'm just going to go. So I flew into Tangier and I had no idea anything about Morocco, but I ended up spending three, three and a half months in Morocco after that, because it was, I just fell in love with everything about it. It's such an amazing place.
3: Yes. Morocco. The people are friendly. The food is Mm -hmm. good. Um, So so now we're going to ask you the questions that everybody asks you, right? Like, so you've been a lot of places. What are like your? I'm going to do this. What are your least favorite?
1: Um, So that's a great question, and thank you for. I mean, I know most people are like your favorite, right? So I love this question because. um, So there's no way that I was like, "ew," I'm never coming back here, but. I, um, several European destinations. I was like, Hmm, meh. Um, I spent some time in Brussels and I would have left way sooner, except I was there with a friend. Like I was staying with a friend who lives there. Otherwise I would have been like, mm, no, not for me. Not great. This is not from this trip, but previously I went to China and I didn't love it. Uh, you know, I'm like, I don't have any desire to go back to that. Um, and then I also, I guess I guess that's probably the biggest the biggest ones on this on this leg that I
2: didn't like.
3: Ladies, do you have any place you traveled that was like your favorite?
2: That was our favorite or our least favorite? Least
3: favorite. Cause I have um, one, it's always controversial. So I want y'all to see
2: what no. um I'm trying to think. I, I don't I mean I'm I must because if I have to rank somewhere down there is least favorite, but I like to travel. I just like I like meeting people and I like seeing the texture of the land. So you talk about texture. I always talk about texture of the land. And since I'm a runner, I see things at the different different hours of the day. So like Brussels, when I was in Brussels, I'm out running in the morning when they're still like scrubbing the cobblestone and you see the, the shop workers and the people that are still bringing in the fish. And then you come back later, like I, I'm kind of a nap in the day and then go out in the evening if you're on vacation instead of manufacturing stuff. Um, so I get the both extremes of like, here's your skilled trade, here's your labor, here are the people that are like making your life possible. And then I see in the evening kind of the fruits of their labor and we get to enjoy it. And so I can definitely say like there's certain cities where I'm like, hmm, it doesn't feel very real but i don't i don't know about like least favorite i think it's more about finding what's happening behind the scenes give us one um so i think the probably the most surprising moment i had was when i stumbled on a homeless person in yokohama just because like japan is super super clean and they really do try to put a very clean presentation and a clean face on everything and controlled and kind of maybe a little more perfect feeling. But um, yeah, if, if you run early enough in the morning, there's, you see what wasn't meant to be seen. And then by the time the evening goes out and the, like my colleagues are like, we'll take you here, here and here. But my, every morning I run five miles and I go this way and then I go this way. And by the time they take me out, I've already seen much of the underbelly. Now, I felt super, super safe running there every morning. Um, but I think that was probably my most surprising and, like, uncomfortable because it just was in such stark contrast to what they were trying to portray.
0: Interesting. What about you, Maria? I've been sitting here thinking the whole time, and I keep trying to – and this is not even – this is domestic. So, But I, I do not like New York at mm-hmm. all. I don't, I've been there way too many times. I kind of have PTSD from all the types of being there. You know, I live, the people that don't know, I live in the middle of nowhere. I'm talking like Amish park in my parking lot, middle of nowhere. So I am not a city girl. I go to the city, I've been to lots of cities. I do fine in the city, but New York was different for me. It was loud and angry. And, yeah. you know, I was there in the dead of cold. I also do not like winter. So the entire, <laughs> I was there every other week, like all winter long. So that probably added to my frustration. But I also watched, you mentioned homeless. I watched as people kicked the homeless people and screamed at them. And it was very uncomfortable for me on so many levels that I have a bad taste in my mouth. Like, like even, I mean, I know there's good parts. I've, you know, I've seen the the Rockefeller Center at Christmas, which is gorgeous. And I realized that every city has beautiful layers. I think there's beauty in everything. But there's also, if you experience things from the other side, it's hard to see the beauty sometimes. Um, and I think that's where I'm at with New York, just because I've had such a bad... Ever, I'm sitting trying to think of something else, and that just pops back, man, no, it's New York. No, it's New York. So that, that would probably be it. So... Which is I mean, I know if Ray was on here, he'd yell at me because he lives in New York City. But um it's it's on my list. I mean, I have places like I know we've talked about going there in the fall and I'm like struggling I'm like you can do this, Maria, it'll be fine this time. It'll be okay. <laughs> you know, I'm having like pep talk myself. So. we're not directly in the city though. That makes it a little better. I was in Manhattan. We'll be
2: out. We'll be out a little bit. Like you'll <laughs> land in and go out a little bit. So
0: Kelly, we're we having we're Namor. having a
2: little live at the end of this end of yeah. September. To coincide, oh fun. So coincide, you'll all be together. With, um, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I have a race coming up, so we'll just show up at the race site and do the hotel thing and do some lives.
1: Oh, that's awesome. I love that. I love that. Now there's an option to do that. Yes. You know? yep. Yeah. it be exciting. Chanel. I'm so curious.
3: <laughs> Paris. Yep.
1: Paris. Yep. Paris. Paris. Mm. Yeah.
3: And this is like, you know, probably going to make the internet in- erupt in anger, but um, <laughs> I just have very strong opinions about Paris. Um, oh, what did we begin? Um, it's not, <laughs> like, there's just so many things, like it closes kind of early and um, it's just not very pretty. Like I know that people love very pretty. the Eiffel Tower and they're like all enamored with it. And that's cool. That was fun. I got my pictures. But I just, like, I don't know. I went to the Louvre, and it's not that big. And then I, like, I, I don't know what people like, right? Like, I I am a world traveler. Like, I usually, in a non-pandemic world, I go to at least four different countries a year um, at minimum. I try to do more than that. But, like, pretty much I usually do between four and six a year. So I travel a lot. I travel in the country, in America, a lot. Um, and it's just the least inviting, like, <laughs> I mean, and I went and I mean, people just talk it up and they just make it seem like it's just like this religious experience and like go to Paris. You never want to leave. I got there. I was like, huh. and then, you know, you walk across the bridges and they're all right. But they're kind of they're kind of old. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they
2: are by default. a little. Old. Know,
3: and I guess, and yeah. I, I'm going to get in so much trouble for this. Um, and I guess for me. It's not the, it's not the old that like upsets me, right? Because again, like I, I like history. Everywhere I go, I go to multiple museums, thing for me. It's just like it's a lot of hype and a whole not a lot like and it just failed to meet my expectations. And I don't even know what people go for. I just seen people go to say they went, it's expensive. Um, and it's not like fun, expensive. Like you go to London, you can walk around London, the people are friendly, it's bright, Paris is kind of dark and by the Eiffel Tower, it's not that clean. If we're being honest, oh, you have all this money to go over to get these great pictures. You know what you have to do? You have to go three blocks away to get a good picture because it's not clean. Like, yep. uh, there's so many things. I was so disappointed. Yep. I never have to go back. I
2: Paris mean, that, smells. it, it kind of smells. It, it does. I agree with that. At yeah, least Paris Brussels, Paris they clean every single morning, right? Like, Definitely, there was there would be a little bit of a fish stink, but then they would it cleaned every morning. I never got that impression when I was in Paris. And we showed up in Paris twice when the stupid metro was on oh, strike. Strike. And if you have ever been in France when they're on strike, first of all, they're they're a little bit militant about their striking, which is interesting. But you cannot move; like the cars are stuck. You can't get through the metro. Like you just can't move. It's a really big city with a lot of people that are trying to go from point A to point B, C, and D. And I don't care what your mode of transportation is. It is a bear as a person who's worked there, as a person who has the vacation during that time period, it has never been a positive experience when those Metros on. You're no, making
0: strike. me nervous. You're making me really nervous. I'm, I'm the person that goes to the dives. I don't go to touristy places. I go to like the nowhere, like, nowhere. okay. So
2: go anywhere outside of Paris. France is a beautiful country. I they yeah. have lots of great things to say. Like, there's a reason the Tour de France is Tour de France, not Tour de Paris. Like, yeah. go see the countryside, go down to, um, you could just skip. Pay. I'm
3: sorry, skip France. Like, just go to Ireland. listen go to No, the lavender
2: fields are amazing.
1: I mean, Ireland is also beautiful, but here's the thing about travel, right? We can probably all, because like you said, London, I don't love London, but everybody's like, we've got to figure it out for ourselves, right? So go where you think you're going to enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy it, it's okay. That's also an experience. Absolutely. Like, I think yeah. we put so much pressure on like, it's got to be the perfect thing, especially because this will get me started on like why we do vacations totally wrong. Because we, you know, you think about how many people, you know, or you've been this person, it was me before, where you take this vacation for a couple of weeks and you're like, oh, i Everything's great. I'm so relaxed. I feel so good. Um, everything's going to be zen when I go home. But nothing else has changed. Right. Your priorities haven't changed. Your coworkers haven't changed. Your job hasn't changed. So nothing has actually changed. You, we can't put that much weight on a vacation to change everything. So sometimes we're going to like it, and sometimes we're not. And sometimes it's just like we have a bad season of it, or our we don't jive the right way. The the <clears throat> the aura of the place is not matching for us, and that's okay. Right. right.
2: It's all right. Sure. I don't take beach vacations. If that's like one of those beach countries or those places where you're like supposed to go chill and hang on the beach. I mean, I might go with you if it's for a weekend or something <laughs> to be supportive. But um, that is not going to be Angela's vacation. And it's definitely yeah. not my recharge. Right. Yeah
1: and we've so, all got to know. Although Angela, I have to say if you love outdoors, the cool thing about so many beach destinations is they've also got mountains and yes. other really cool yes. things around them. So there's a and lot the of the waves.
2: Like if I go to Maine and it's rocky, like the rocky, those are awesome. Don't get me wrong. But like the the traditional where you see everybody flocking south and laying out on white beaches, do you see my white skin? It does This is, <laughs> this is after spending 3 months in a tanning <laughs> booth. My girlfriend told me I needed my money back, so me too. I actually took work to get this much color.
3: <laughs> I mean, I think, you're, I think it's really important. Like as people are even listening to us to understand, like, we don't all have, like, a least favorite. We probably don't all have the favorite place, right? But it's just important. I tell young people, because I'm a mentor, um, and I always tell them, like, you have to travel. It cleanses the soul. Like, yeah. I don't love Paris, but I went to Marrakesh and Paris together. Right. And so I I did have a religious experience when I was in Morocco another day for that conversation, but Paris just wasn't my least favorite. And maybe it was because Morocco was so great, but also just, I love cities, but like, I just look for a certain kind of thing. Right. And so even as you're thinking about like separating from your job right because ultimately like that's what you did that's what you coach for um that is what you have been called to do um i think for me the hard part was understanding like what my hobbies were you know and i was disappointed to find out that all my hobbies were very expensive like traveling is expensive right (laughs) Um, but you know you can do it right like you're living proof that you can sustain yourself on a savings i think that that's important as we are having people listen to us you saved and you reallocate it, right? Like as a business owner, you have to reallocate too. Um, you can make it work. Do you have like one piece of advice? I'm ready to quit my job, right? Like I have $100,000 in the bank, I'm ready to quit my job. What would you recommend someone do before they take that leap? Besides hire you?
1: I mean, that's true. Definitely hire me. I think the, I think the biggest thing is understanding why you want to make the move that you're about to make. Because if you just like how we if we go to to Paris and expect that to magically fulfill something for us or something like know why why you really want it. Are you trying to run from something or are you trying to create something and be really clear about that? Because if it's just that I don't like anything that's happening, so I'm going to quit it and hope that the next thing is going to happen and make me happy. That might not do it. So really examine why you're making that move and what you're hoping happens as a result and keep that as your focus. So if you think you want to quit because you want to start a business and then as you do that, like some other job comes and it offers you all the things that you were actually looking for, don't be like, don't be close to taking that job because what if that's actually what the path was supposed to be, right?
3: What do you really want? That's amazing advice. Absolutely. Man, I don't know how you follow up from that other than to say, like, we're going to journal on that day. Because you're right. And, you know, really quickly, I know I keep taking over, but, like, um, when I decided to separate from my job, all my friends started offering me jobs. Right. And so then, when I before I quit and I didn't know what I wanted to do, everybody suggested that I should go back to school. Right. And so my rule of thumb is that, like, if somebody tells you to go back to school, your initial thought is, no, don't do it. That'll never change. You, you know what school is. No matter what level you are in school, school is the same thing. It's homework. It's requirements. It's structure, right? So if you don't want to do it, don't do it. Um, but just start trying different things. Like I tell my clients all the time, get a hobby. You, you know, you're angry, Get a, like you hate your job, get a hobby. And they're always like, what? I'm like, you need something that brings you joy that has nothing to do with other people. So knit. I don't know. Go on hikes. Run a marathon, do something that is different from what you're doing right now, and it'll open up your mind to the possibility of change. And I'll be honest with you, most of my clients never quit their job. Um, I would say twenty percent of them quit their job, but for the most part, they keep their job because you know what I do is different, right? Like I don't try to get them to leave their job, but I just love what you're doing, and I wish like I would have met you when I was trying to quit my job. I would have been much more confident. Um, I probably would have wasted less money too. So yeah.
1: definitely a- your story will help inform the people that you work with too. Right. But that's what I say to people. Like, can you figure this out on your own? Absolutely. And I will say to Chanel that all my clients don't quit their jobs. In fact, it probably is a small portion, but it's because as we work together, they realize what's actually important to them, and it's not. That's why I say it's so important. Like, why do you want to make this change? To really get clear about it, because a lot of times it's not the it's not what you think it is. You have to dig in and ask more questions. But um, I totally lost my train of thought. I was going to say something exactly to what you said, but I forgot.
3: Oh, we're talking about like quitting your job and why quitting your job is not for everybody, and that like yeah
1: yeah and you were you were just saying you know you wish that you if you would have had somebody to help guide you you would have maybe wasted less money so when i talk to people i'm like you can do this you can figure it out on your own you can go listen to blogs and listen to other people but if you want to do it faster and with less pain hire somebody to help you because we've already been through that pain we've already made the mistakes we've already done it you know the long way around and so we can help you take the shortcut and get there quicker with more confidence save more money whatever it might be right
0: that's why we do what we do yeah well no i mean i was just going to say that that's exactly what consulting and coaching is i always explain it as a cheat code like we're the cheat codes we've already been there done that fall falling on our face we know what not to do so we're going to kind of guide you over that so and i think that's a good you know way to say that and i wish i had known you too when i quit my job which mine was kind of like i quit and I cried, ugly cried on the phone with my husband all the way home. So it was very dramatic, like a lot of my things ended up being. But, um, you know, I think that you're right. I think sometimes if you're digging into, you know, your, and your passion, purpose and your passion, I think sometimes you may find, at least for that moment, the job is fine, that you're actually happy at the job, that that yeah. actually completes, you know, the part of your life that, that you're wanting your life to look like anyway. So I think it really comes back to doing, you know, what I said, I, I try to do all the time is audit your life, constantly ask yourself, you know, you know, how am I feeling? How, you know, how do I feel in my life right now? Where am I happy? And where am I not? And where I'm not? Why? You know, why am I not happy here? And really start to dig into that. Because I think you're right, Kelly, I think sometimes, actually, most of the time, it's not what we think, you know, so you have to kind of scratch out it to figure out kind of what's underneath all of that.
3: Hmm. And you don't have to quit your job. Like if you're unhappy at your job, a lot of times it's not the job that's making you unhappy, right? At the core, and oftentimes it's not even the work you're doing, because most people who quit their job in some form are doing the exact same work that they, you know, left their job for, right? Is it the income? Is it the company? Is it the manager? Is it the location, right? Like, And I've even had to coach my clients through saying things like, you know, pre-pandemic. Go in and negotiate that you work from home on Fridays or go in and negotiate that you work from home (laughs) days a week. Right. Because it frees up. You can travel. You can work from Atlanta, Paris, wherever, and still be a productive member of your team. Right. A lot of times companies don't want to lose talent and they will negotiate some type of added value that doesn't cost them anything. Doesn't cost them anything to have you work from home. Right. It doesn't. But, you know, and even sometimes even negotiating more vacation time. Right. I had a client I negotiated to work, you know, an extra week of vacation. But the negotiation around that was it could only be doing off peak time. So she got an extra week of vacation that didn't really cost him anything because she did it in a non-peak time. Right. So it's just like understanding what that change management is for your circumstances and just getting really clear about how you can have it.
0: Absolutely. And I think to be able to do that, you have to really kind of firmly establish your own boundaries and your own purpose and your own why, which is a whole other conversation for a whole other day. But um, Kelly, I really enjoyed having you here. I know we're at the end of our time here. So I do want to take a minute just for you to kind of let everybody know where they can find you, follow you, all the things.
1: Yeah, well, I would love it if people connect and let me know that you this is how you heard about me. So I am on Instagram and Facebook under Kelly Abanda, my name and designer detour. I have both but Kelly Abanda is the best way. So you can find me there on IG and uh, Facebook. And then um, for anybody like if you're listening, and you are in this space of, you know, I'm in that boat where I think I want to make a change here. I think maybe I want to leave my I want I love how you say it Chanel separate from my job to do something new if that's if you're in that space and you want to just chat if you go to design there is a space on there where you can just book a 20-minute call we'll have a coffee chat I'll ask you a few questions and see if I can help you there and then if there's ways that we can continue to work together I work one-on-one and in group settings to help people either figure out what it is they really want to do, because really, you've got to start there. Or if they know for sure already what they want to do, then I help them make a plan to make that happen. So um, one of the things that you were just alluding to, Maria, is that we have to know like what's important to us. And one of the things I have loved doing with people is getting them to identify their top five in life. So one awesome thing about the world we live in is so much is possible but also so much as possible that we think we need to do it all. I have to write a book, I have to do this, I wanna do this, I wanna do this, I wanna do this. And then we get so overwhelmed we don't do one thing or we feel bad that we're not doing all the things. So helping people really narrow it in and be like, actually, these are the most important things. If I get through these and there's time for other stuff, cool, but this is what's most important so that you can have confidence in really doing those things. So yeah, I'd be, I'd welcome any conversations with people and don't do this alone. This, you know, listen to podcasts like this, take advantage of offers like this, have conversations with
0: people who have done it so that you're not doing it alone. Absolutely. Great advice. Angela, know, you all have anything before we end?
2: No, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I think maybe I'll give you a phone call here at some point. Do it. I'd love to chat.
3: Please yes. join us on the unemployment line. Angela, it's fun. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no it fun. So. Okay.
0: We'll make sure. We'll make sure. I have, I have, I
2: have a few steps that I, I have plans. so don't worry. Uh, we awesome. know. <laughs> Thank you
3: <probably laughs> so much. I enjoyed chatting with you. That
0: was great. Thank you, guys. All yeah. Right. Thanks so much. Next week, we will be back again with the Business Acceleration Playbook at 1 p.m. Eastern time and make sure you like and share at Business Acceleration Playbook and go check check out Kelly over at designyourdetour.com for more information about how she can help you design your own detour for your own life. And thanks until next week. See you later. See ya.